this is the art of discussing where everyone is committed to having discussions with people sharing different points of view while respecting the person expressing them. We're your hosts. I'm Ben. And I'm Kate. And we're excited that you've joined us. Let's get to this week's episode. This is part two of the cryptocurrency conversation. If you are just joining us, make sure you catch our last episode, Cryptocurrency Part One, wherever you download podcasts. This week, I answer Ben's question about my concerns and thoughts on benefits and drawbacks. Welcome back to Art of Discussing in Cryptocurrency Part Two. So some of the benefits, well, I'll leave that to you. Benefits or cons? Like why, what would it concerns you or are you more interested to know, to talk about first about cryptocurrencies? I think there's one that is, I don't know if it's con or if it's a benefit, depending on obviously how you would define it, but volatility I think is a con. Okay. Um, but I would say it's community run or like community based, like it's people based. So that decentralized, less regulation driven by those in the actual market versus, you know, somebody pulling the strings. But I think that would be a benefit, except I think there's also, it's like a coin, like that would be heads and tails, which is the con is it's a lot easier to defraud. So like the bad actors you talked about, the scammers, um, you have a higher percentage if you don't know and you're just jumping in of getting conned potentially, or if it's an elaborate con, anyone could. But, but you know, I think that's kind of the, the flip side, which we'll talk about what could be consider, considered bad business or a con later with regards to Celsius, because I think that's an interesting conversation. Um, and that was a virtual bank type thing. I mean, we'll get into it. So I feel like that, you know, it could be, it could be, you know, community driven, you would have more power to you, which also the flip side is you have more power than you have more to lose if you don't know what you're doing. So I would say, so let's, let's talk about I don't volatility. know. That was a lot. I feel like that was like a salad, and there, and I couldn't put pick out what was a benefit versus a con. <laughs> so, let's let's talk a bit about volatility, and then we'll move to the fraud concern, right? Like for cons. well, can you also outline what other benefits there are that I didn't think about? I'd say we've covered that um, they're secure, right? Blockchain technology is pretty secure. Another quick fire benefit is uh, transferability, right? Like, um, I don't know if you've ever bought a house, people, or tried to transfer money using Western Union or, or whatever, you know, kind of service, but wires kind of cost a little bit more money. Take Sometimes they're immediate and sometimes, uh, like, if you deposit money in the bank it's not available till how many times have you been online paying a bill and it says well this will be processed till like 28 to 40 if 24 to 48 hours or whatever right and that's a challenge 
uh, cryptocurrencies can be transferred virtually instantaneously. There's like, depending on the, the congestion of the network, right, which is continuously being worked on to address, right? Like for one thing, uh, for Ethereum, it kind of helped them going from proof of work to proof of stake. They're able to do a little bit better with the trans uh, transaction fees and the gas and stuff like that. It helped out with that. Um, but like I can send money to someone in Germany like that, right? Like I can get my cold wallet, boop, boop, boop. I don't need to go to the bank. I don't need to go to Western Europe, uh, Western Union. I don't need to do whatever. Um, I just boom, 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 boom. He gets it, right? Text me back, bro, or WhatsApp me back, bro, I guess. Uh, you got it. Sweet. Rock on. Um, so that's another one. It is difficult to manipulate, and that is having the coin given the coin works, right? Like given that this isn't a rug pull or a scam or any of that stuff, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, it's, it's difficult. Like I can't, I can't suck up all the coins and then therefore raising the value of my coins. I can't flood the market with coins, thereby lowering the, 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 uh, so there it's, it's the same mechanism that central banks use to, uh, like manipulate the coins for their currency for an economy cannot be done with a decentralized currency. So uh, is, is the, is the larger argument. So um, that's good. Right. So, you know, you're so far, right. And some, some coins are deflationary. Some coins are like burning. Uh, there is a, there is a term called burning coins, right? Like, so, so let's say there's a major Bitcoin person out there. He's got of these 19, or 21 million Bitcoin, he's got 4 million Bitcoin. If he just decides to delete or burn 2 million Bitcoin, I would expect the price of overall all the other Bitcoins to go up because now there's only 19 million Bitcoins. He just burned 2 million of them, right? No one's making any more Bitcoin. Um but some of them are some cryptocurrencies are designed to be deflationary. And that has its own set of pros and cons. By uh, burning, it's like deleting them basically out of the market? Slowly. Yes. Okay. So um, that's, but that's, that's not few, that's few and far in between, but that's right. So there, and that's at creation. Um, most cryptocurrencies uh, have something called a white paper that's attached to them. Now, this is one of the cons that I spoke about before. Uh, cryptocurrencies, it depends on who you talk to. I would say that if there is something I don't know about, I should do a lot of reading and get to know about, right? The con that I'm seeing online is there's a high bar to learn about this stuff, right? You got to learn a lot of stuff in order to like use crypto, which humbly to my our listening audience, that sh it should be the case with anything, right? Like if I don't know anything about stocks, I should do a lot of reading to learn a lot of things about stocks. Could I go over to, you know, that stockbroker guy and ha pay him some money and have him do it on my behalf? I could. And then I don't have like, I don't have to learn anything. But it's a high bar to learn a lot. And every time you're talking about a coin, there's a white paper involved. There's likely some kind of problem that it's trying to solve, so on and so forth, right? So 
if you just walk into the cryptocurrency bar and it slap $20 of fiat currency on the bar and go, I need me some crypto. Well, yeah, that's, that's not, I would say that's generally speaking, not how it should work, but a lot of people list that as a con. I, I'm not going to take the time to figure out uh, what this does, what it means to me. So that's another con, but volatility. So with volatility, it goes, it goes up and it goes down depending on, yes, right now it's subject to macroeconomic factors. What we were talking about before, if more people have it mainstream, it will lessen that factor. This is how. So let's say Ben ha- makes a cryptocurrency. Boom, I got Bencoin. Yay, Bencoin. It's awesome. Sorry if someone already has it out there. I'm just going to use it for the purposes of this podcast. So um, Bencoin is the greatest thing since sliced bread, but I'm the only person that uses Bencoin. So is it valuable? It's not valuable, right? Because nobody has buy-in to it. Conversely, let's say we have Katecoin. And Katecoin, I I tell everybody in all the world about Katecoin, and everybody buys Katecoin, right? And it's decentralized, right? And all the people in the Katecoin network are upstanding citizens of the, you know, of the world, and they're, they're doing great things. And so they're validating the network, and they diligently validate, right? And they do all that stuff. Well, now Katecoin kind of starts to be more s- secure than if, if you're in maybe not in the dollar, right? Like we're, we're talking about this discussion from a dollar standpoint where – Arguably, it's, it's the strongest currency in the world at the time of this recording, right? But if you're in Argentina and there's hyperinflation going on, right? And and I remember in uh, this is this is a few years ago now, but uh, I'd say in what 2015, so seven years ago, I went to Argentina to visit, and uh, our my professor was telling us, right, like there was a time with this hyperinflation that if you went into a shoe store and you were like, how much are these shoes? And they were like, they're 60 pesos. And you're like, hmm, hmm, I don't know. All right, I'll take them. And they'd be like, yeah, well, now they're 75 pesos, right? Like the amount of time that it took for you to make that decision, inflation had, had, had passed by. That's hyperinflation. And it's, it's, it's bad. Right. That's a volatility in a country's actual currency. So take coin. Right. As an alternative, you can take your pesos and you could throw them into cake coin. And then all of a sudden cake coin. Hey, buddy, cake coins. Good. Cake coin is less volatile than what's happening, you know, somewhere over there. And I know nobody can mess this up. Kcoin, it is what it is right now. And yeah, maybe it's got a little bit of volatility, but it seems to always spring back where at the time you're in a country where that price it seems to be doing, you know, prices seem to just kind of, boo, the value of your money is, you know, and for those sound effects, one, boo, was it going up? Is it going down? It's very sad. Um, but that's where you have to have it more mainstream and people using it and people validating so that it there's it generates a bit of stability, generates a bit of value that way, right? If it's just me and you spending Bencoin, no value there, lots of volatility. But the more people you have having, and it it's it comes down to a trust 
it does come down on some level to a, a, a trust and a confidence thing, right? If you, because the question being, do you trust the central bank controlling your currency to control your currency? Or if you give this to the community and you have validating nodes in the community and they're doing their job, do you trust those guys more, right? And they're whatever, right? They're just looking over, okay, why do I not want this coin to fail? Because I have a lot of it. That's that's reasonable, right? Like I have a lot of this. I don't want it to go to zero. Let's make sure, okay, there's no no nothing untoward. Good. This is good. Bing. And then they just validate it. And then everything's good. So going back to your Argentina type example, if you put all your money into Kate coin and you because of inflation and you know the peso is not going well so let's say whatever the currency is is hyperinflation it's not going the way it should you know it would go that benefits you so you put it into cake coin how do you use that to your day-to-day life like yeah you put it in cake coin but you still have to pay the 75 85 dollar shoes if you need it with pesos right now so that is a challenge of cryptocurrency right now is like the use and, and user places, right? Things. Right. Um, and that's, and, and that is changing. Things. That is true. This is true. Like I can't go to uh, my grocery store and use Bitcoin to buy my groceries. And that's in, that's increasing. That's changing. But right now that is that, I mean, that's the way it is. Could you get that stuff online and have it sent to you? Yeah. And you don't have shoes now and that's not desirable, but it's a lot better than waiting a day, going back to buy those shoes, another 250 pesos, right? Like, so it, it really depends on, like, it, we have a, a really stable situation now, but as there is, and and a lot of, so one one detractor a lot of people say for uh, cryptocurrency is, and before we get to fraud, let's talk about crime of which fraud is a crime, but um, uh, like people, bad actors, right? Like, so people in these, in if, if what they're doing on the ledger doesn't jive on the ledger, the validate that will be caught by the validators. Right. And there is such a, there's such a concept called governance. And the validators are random people in the community. Yes. And depending on the coin that you're talking about, that shifts periodically, depending on the coin you're talking about. But yes. So there is usually, uh, and because I'm talking about so many different coins, right? But for like, say for Ethereum, there is a certain amount of Ethereum, ETH, that you need to hold in order to be a validator. There's like criteria to be a validator. So it's not going to be, uh, ben with like 0.00000085 ETH, right? Like it gets to be a validator. You got to have a certain amount and then you're able to uh, go ahead and validate. And then there's- So uh, the validators are per coin, not general within, like each coin has to have a validator or validators to be reviewing and ensuring things are accurate or is it general- and no, you're it's only per per coin. So the per coins coin are, each have the coins lost. are the ones who dictate who the validators are. Right. Currently, 
coins that use validators, tokens, I should say, that use validators, there is, there's not overarching right law for them. There is, and they're usually spelled out in the white paper. And it, it looks different in something. Um, it's kind of like internal um, affairs or something, internal review. Yeah. There's, there's some, there's sheep, something called Shiba Inu is a token. And I'm probably going to get this a little wrong, but they are coming up with a concept that they're issuing another to- Shiba Inu is issuing another token that is a governance token. So if you hold this token, you can vote on what we can and cannot do with Shiba Inu, right? So if you get this token, uh, Bone or Bark or Spark or whatever it is, I forget what it is, but it has a different name than Shiba Inu, then you you get to come to the table when they have a, all right, we're going to have a town meeting on what can we do with Shiba? What can't we do with Shiba? Right. Do you think we should do this? Right. And there is a governance token, right? So it's a different, different way. Shiba's the only one that I'm sure they're not the only one, but they're the only one I know of that kind of structures it like that. Um, and there isn't an overarching, like there's, I mean, it's really like you and I have spoken about about a lot of different technologies that are coming out and whatever. We're talking about money here, and this has been going since 2008, and we have relatively little regulation for it. So the coins are not without regulation. They're just without... Centralized. Like the market of a government, in general. Right? Right. There isn't like an IRS dictating the market in general. It's right. coin by there, coin. That's correct. And there isn't one. Okay. So crime and fraud and bad actors. Let's get into fun stuff for me, at least. This is like so... <laughs> bad stuff in general, but like this is where the true crime in me comes out. I'm curious what, if there's no central regulation, how do they deal with bad actors and like what I, I think like Salius, which is that bank we mentioned earlier, we'll talk about it. Kind of was, what is it called? Celsius, like the temperature. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Celsius. Um, Start with a C. That was interesting to me because it sounds like it was kind of like a Ponzi scheme. So there are like physical schemes that people are using in this digital world that, in a digital way and if there's not a uh or like a nigerian prince scheme you know like like those types of schemes but there's not a centralized government not government but centralized regulatory body how do you deal with those okay so and what are i guess let's back up what are those types of fraud or type of things uh so there's a lot of and and especially in my experience in getting into trading in cryptocurrencies, everything I have seen has been like, Hey, make sure you read everything. Make sure you're good. Make sure you don't get it taken in by scams. Right. Which is um, why the white paper is important. Cause it gives all the like backstory. Correct. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, there, it really does. Like if there but, isn't, you told me if there isn't a white paper, you might be a little skeptical. Oh, if there isn't a white paper, it's, it's not a little skeptical. It's like, Bro, check yourself. So white paper isn't is valuable, right? Like it doesn't always mean that it's going to be legit, but it's you have a better chance, right? And white uh, white papers, what they do is they 
usually will identify, you know, if they're written by a person, then that person's kind of like a founder of the coin, right? Maybe a co-founder. They, they present a problem and they really just kind of give a use case, right? Here's a problem. Ethereum has high transaction fees. That's sad. We don't like it. So we're going to try and fix it. Use our gas coin, right? Or whatever coin, right? Our coin unleaded, right? And we have zero transaction fees. We are the bestest. And and this is what our network looks like. And this is what our proof of you know work or stake or whatever looks like, right? They'll lay it out so that um, essentially like they're talking to investors so that people invest in their coin, Right. And can you make a crappy one of those? Yeah, you can. You can be like, my name is Jennifer T. Scumbag, and I, I don't like you know doing the things, but I'm going to solve this problem because I'm better than you, and this is how I solve it. So give me money from a coin because it's got a cool name. It's called Jennifer Coin. There you go. Boom. And people will be like, wow, Jennifer Coin sounds cool. And, you know, there you go. Let me give Jennifer Coin stuff. And Jennifer Coin, thanks for the money, suckers. I'm out. And it's called it's called a rug pull. Okay. and Right? And that's a really oversimplification of it. But most coins will tell you in their math, in the stuff, how, like, like how they intend to do the math, right? Like this will do this, and this is how our blockchain will be set up. And you can be reading those, and they, they can be plagiarized, right? Like somebody may copy and paste. Oh, well, this is really Ethereum's, right? But how many nerds are watching this that look at that and go, that's not Jennifer Coin, that's Ethereum, right? You know, so you so really kind of got to know. Good. Oh, just like a rug pull is, is like, say, for a coin. So like Ethereum is a coin or token, a Bitcoin is a token, right? That they have their own network, all that good stuff. And, and other coins are on another network. So the, some coin will be like, did I make my own network? No, I'm not Solana or Cardano. You know, I just, I, I'm on the Ethereum network and this is my coin, right? Because they could do that. They can make an Ethereum, like on the Ethereum did their thing so that people can make coins on that network. That's, but it's not real. Is that so? Right? It's not real. The math doesn't work. The coin uh, doesn't work, right? So they can they can maybe they it probably works just enough so that when you give money, they give you this crappy little coin, right? And maybe it doesn't it doesn't stick around. So I give you something just long enough to walk off with your money, and then after a certain amount of time, when I've made a lot of money, probably pretty quickly, right? And then I bounce and it's like, and by bounce, you mean you like try like pull it out of cryptocurrency and make it like whatever currency, like yeah. the pound or the Euro or the peso, whatever you're in. Yeah. Whatever currency, currency, whatever like, fiat you'll transfer into a fiat currency and gotcha. run away with people's money. Okay. Um, so that's so one that is, option. that is one way. Right. And that's, okay. that's not, but so I say that that is like token by token. So you have a bad token. Um, is token and coin the same thing? Yes and no. So I, I keep and I'm using them. So when I say token, I mean Bitcoin, Ethereum, Polkadot, Polygon, Shiba Inu. These are all considered, I would say, tokens. 
But when I say, if I said coin, then I would talk like two ETHs. That's, those are ETH coins, right? A Bitcoin, that's a certain amount of coin, right? Right. Like if I have two Bitcoins, that's a certain amount of money of this one token. Okay. So, and people do use coin and token interchangeably. I don't know how awesome that is or isn't. I don't know how proper that is, but token so is, is what like token these different is, ones. Token is the federal government and coin is the states. Sort of. Like that's kind of the level. I would say more that token are the states, coins are the people in the states. Gotcha. Okay. Right. So like I might be talking about Ethereum as I keep saying the coin Ethereum, but really I'm just talking about a lot of Arizona, you know, I don't even know what state I just said, Um, but like uh, Arizona as a state and then like all the Arizonans, uh, that's, that's a whole, that that's each a coin of the, that thing. Right. Um, so Bitcoin is the biggest state, which I'm going to go with California right now there. Screw you, Texas. Sorry, Texas. Anyways. And Alaska. I see you, Alaska. Like, 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 I'm just saying, let's go with most populous. That's what I meant to say. Okay. Most populous. Most Back populous. to bad actors. So bad actors. Um, so the government. So we talked about things. an individual token or coin uh, scam. What other type of, what are, the, that's a rug pull. Is there other type of fraud? Uh, mostly uh, people people selling established coins, like, like okay, established okay. tokens, right? Uh-huh. That are like Bitcoin and Ethereum that aren't really dealing in Bitcoin and Ethereum, right? So Bitcoin and Ethereum are reputable. And so it's not like some bunk little tiny token that is trying to get you to give them money. Those two are really worth a lot of money. But if you're going through a bad actor thinking you're going to get some good crypto. Kind of like an intermediary. That's more like your scam, like like an intermediary, which you should be wary of because that's what DeFi decentralized finance seeks to eliminate is an intermediary right so let's talk about celsius yeah so, so the celsius have, and an intermediary it is but they are a lender so they're they're trying a to lend a lender a virtual lender right so you need to borrow ethereum right ethereum is an actual reputable like token that that people have you know it's there and it's got value but they're doing shady stuff and now you lose whatever fiat currency you gave them to get ethereum so celsius is doing shady stuff is what you mean by that not ethereum right so that intermediary intermediary which in this case you were probably going to because they were a lender so you were probably getting like lending, lend me some Ethereum. And they were like, great, here you go. Give me this amount of money for this ETH that I gave you. And and then like, is there like a monthly thing you have to pay if you're lending? Oh, I, like, I, I don't know. I don't, like I don't when know you say lender, like 
you're not buying it and then pulling it out of the market into fiat. You're borrowing it technically and pulling it out to fiat. I would have fiat. Uh, probably and probably doing you know some putting it in another vehicle and trying to grow it right. So then you pay back. Oh, like buying other you, stuff in order right. to get okay. Right. So if I use for By instance, stuff, I mean crypto. Yeah, or for instance, if I go, let's call ETH is, let's say I go to borrow 100 ETH, which is about $130,000, right? 130, okay. And so I, I, I borrow 130,000, um, 100 ETH, which is equivalent to $130,000 in fiat currency. And then I go buy this house and I decide I'm going to pay 100 ETH for the house, right? Boof. So I essentially just paid $130,000. And then, I don't know, over the two years, the house goes from, in this market, probably, let's just say it goes to $200,000. And then I sell the house, right? And then I can pay back. Now, I, I probably did that in actual, I get my fiat currency back. Well, now I give I get some that back to ETH and then turn it back into ETH and give it back to who a person lent it. And I got about 70 grand. That is assuming ETH has not gone up. Then I'll get less grand, right? Cause I owe 100 ETH. But if it, ETH has gone down, then I get more money instead mm -hmm. of my 70 grand. Maybe I get 75, right? But I get more money. Like I didn't have anything. I borrowed ETH and then I sold it fiat and all that stuff, put it back into ETH and then gave that guy back his ETH. And I generally made generated profit. Gotcha. That's, that's a short, simple, oversimplified version, but that's how people are, you know, getting the lending and that, how it actually works on, uh, with the, the crypto. I'm, I'm not, I've never even thought to use a lender for it, but in Celsius's, um, I forget the term they were using. There was a term that they were, uh, where has banks leveraged that money? Like if you give a bank ten dollars, like I said before, they loan out a dollar, a dollar, a dollar. They got to keep a dollar, right? Because of regulations, but they loan out these dollars up to nine dollars. So potentially, and they're charging interest on it. So that's how they make money. And that's another thing that they were probably doing to make money is charging this interest on it. So I don't owe them 100 ETH. I owe them 103 ETH. And 3 ETH is $2,600, $3,900, right? So that's how he's making money. And that's a fiat currency. And maybe they're keeping it. And I don't know Celsius, right? I mean, maybe they're keeping it in, in uh, cryptocurrency, or maybe they're they're converting it to fiat and buying Ferraris and stuff. I don't know. Right. But what I do know is instead of that $10 loaning out a dollar, loaning out a dollar, like there's no regulation. So I don't know that they kept that dollar. Right. And loaned out nine and called it a day. I feel like out of this $10 I gave them, they loaned out this dollar and then loaned out this dollar again, loaned out this dollar and then loaned out this dollar again. So instead of they had $10 that I gave them and they loaned out like to $20 charging interest on that $20, which is all well and good until people decide they, you know, something happens that people decide they want their money back. And in these, we pointed to cryptocurrencies volatility, right? 
So if a coin starts to be on a downslide, it's very likely that people are going to come and be like, I want, I know I, I, I lost a lot of it, but I, I want what I got back. Right. So if there's a downslide, like as it goes up, nobody's going to touch it. Right. As it, as it starts, as it starts to go nuts and go up, whoop, nobody's going to touch it. But if it starts to go down, people are going to want to either pull their money out, cut their losses, all that good stuff. When they do that, that's essentially more or less a run on a virtual bank, which was virtual and doesn't ha- it has your very real money that you gave it. Right. But doesn't have the assets that you did, should have for it. And it has that for a larger number of people because it lent out assets that it didn't have. It did that whole uh, air, airline, yeah, airline thing where they were like, oh, we sold this seat twice. Well, why would you do that? If we both show up, one of us doesn't get a seat. Well, we hope that doesn't happen. Well, that sounds like a crappy business model, but it's accepted some places. It is, you know, and then they, they tried that and that's kind of going south. Another thing that happened. June um, or July, they just to let the listeners know they actually declared bankruptcy and went and are going through a non-virtual actual live (laughs) physical bankruptcy court right now which is kind of i think unusual because the bankruptcy court now has to figure out how this all works right crypto versus regular and like what you know what actually happened and it's a little bit more complex and that probably one of the first i would assume yeah dealing with um, the bankruptcy court yes and it's going to be interesting to follow yeah. i mean the reason why i will say the that ceo is, just resigned i know that well tr- well true but punks are gonna run you know when when stuff yeah. happens you know if, if people are doing bad stuff when it gets found out it yeah one generally shouldn't wait, you know, wait around to see exactly what happens. But so in the case of Celsius, first of all, they declared bankruptcy in a certain way. Bank, they, they filed chapter 11. And if there were like, if it was governed by securities or, you know, stuff like that, it would have had to likely have called a different kind of chapter of bankruptcy. It would not have had access to 11. Um, but there's nothing that says that it has access to 11 in place. So happy day, right? Um, so they, they get chapter 11. That's one thing. Um, the second thing is, and I, I had it pulled up to, to take a look at, and now I just cannot find it and it's driving me nuts. But one of the things about Celsius is in those, and this is this is where I would uh, really caution our, our listeners to, no matter what it is you do, when it says that terms and conditions, don't just chug the box. You're going to want to at least scroll through that, give it a nice scrolling through, right? Because I think part of their defense is in that terms and conditions that these people are signing over their coin to them to do what like what they will so it's kind of like theirs i mean it's not i'm oversimplifying this but they're not saying like these guys are the custodians of my stuff and this is awesome they're like this is yours and then i come back and get it and it'll be mine and i don't i I don't know what's decided yeah Mm -hmm. 
So that, that causes, that causes more angst for sure. Right. Um, so there's, um, states by states are starting to come up with uh, some legislation, and really that's going to be until there's a there's a federal viewpoint on the whole thing. Uh, you everybody may know in March, uh, the president signed an executive order that is ensuring responsible development of digital assets, which is also why I define digital assets, not just cryptocurrencies, right? And amongst that, and so he. I mean, the crypto world is watching for apparently, and I haven't read through the whole uh, executive order yet, but it is waiting for 21 reports from a variety of agencies, some of which have already released reports. I've downloaded them and kind of browsed through them. A lot of them are like, so they're not real meaty right now and i would i would say that if they had been meaty they'd have made the news um but the department of justice has released one the department of the treasury has released one the department white house office of science and technology policy has released one um so there's there's some interesting things and i'm uh now that i know that i didn't know that um preparing preparing for you know our talk today i i i got to know that and i'm going to look for the other ones as they come out and consume them and read them and see what we got there. But one of the things that it, there is, it seems to be expected is whether or not there's going to be a central bank stable coin. And that's not the acronym. I forget what it is. It's a CBD something like these, whatever digital asset, digital <laughs> CBDC, um, central bank uh, digital currency. So I know some of the things that was interesting when I was looking at it is um, along with like, I guess, President Biden, you know, signed that partly because of regulations. A couple of things we haven't talked about that I thought was interesting and I'm just going to share what I know about it and you can tell me what your thoughts are. Mm-hmm. Um, so when when researching, well, you and I were talking about how there's a global, quote unquote, marketplace or a global way to buy coins. But in the US, you have to pick the US version of Of that of the exchange. And which kind of answered a little bit of a question I had, because you can't go to the global and one of the reasons why let alone any regulation we may or may not have, which doesn't sound like we have much right now. It, the way, one of the things I had a question about was taxes, right? If they're gonna try and tax you on it, how are they doing that? And so um, I don't know when it, it got enacted, but I know now that when I look at my my tax return or you know, talking to my person, they're like, you know, one of the questions is, do you have virtual currency? Um, or a cryptocurrency in that sense. And I was like, huh, that's new. I don't remember that being on uh, part of the conversation. So they are taxing, but it's more of like a capital gains tax. So it's more of an asset tax than right. a currency tax, like an income. So I thought that was super interesting inside of how they're classifying it right now. And I wonder if they're trying to make that change, like to transition it over or what, 
And, and that from our conversations leading up to this, it sounds like the only way that that comes into play is if you transition it from cryptocurrency. So Ben, you were saying you like to play the market and then you'll put it in a quote unquote stable type coin to like give yourself a break if you need a break, but you don't ever pull it out because when you pull it out into fiat money, like the dollar for the US, for example, that's when you get hit with those tax uh, liabilities. So like it becomes a capital gain conversation. Right, creates a taxable event. Yeah, so I thought that was interesting. So we're further along than I realized inside of taxing you know, cryptocurrency and how, and how that process works. So now it sounds like there there's questions or there's things inside of regulation in general, let alone outside of, you know, let alone taxes, like regulations outside of that. Um, do you have anything else to share or hopefully it was pretty accurate from what I read? Yeah. Uh, and there, for, for certainly that reason, right? Like people are just, um, well, some people, people in the know were kind of doing what I said. I told you that was the, the way they did it. They just uh, take their assets out of other coins, put it into a stable coin. You don't need to pull it out, make a taxable event. And especially if you're going to put it back in. Um, it's There's a lot of work to be done with. And I, and I think that's what the executive order was kind of trying to start the impetus of, like just from, from a tax uh, perspective with the IRS, from a fraud protection, consumer protection, right, perspective, um, because there are the uh, Nigerian prince scams out there, right, uh, for cryptocurrency. Um, and that's, and like I said, they involve legitimate tokens and bad actors now bad actors making transactions depending on the governance right and there's different ways but different tokens handle it different ways um but on a blockchain ledger it can be seen this much token went from this wallet to this wallet and so if there's an issue with that transaction and then there's an issue with another transaction and another transaction and there's a thread that connects them, right? Maybe they came from the same wallet. Maybe they went to the same wallet. So, right. So you have the, the same wallet being involved in those transactions. There are things that, right. You can, that wallet can be banned. Um, that wallet can be frozen, you know, that, so for that token, if you have tokens and if you have coins in that wallet for that token, now they just turn it off. Beep. Yeah, but I, can't you just start your own a new wallet? Likely. But if so you can start a new wallet, but you'd have to put fiat currency or, or another asset into that wallet, right? If your a wallet got you can't frozen, transfer from another wallet. Right. If that wallet's, you know, that's then what's in it's in it. Um, and that's uh, so and, and I don't I know that that's the question of what the degrees to what they can do with those things. Right. Like even um, another a popular con of cryptocurrency is uh, criminals like to use the cryptocurrency. Yes, perhaps. And 
criminals like to use fiat currency. <laughs> so uh, I, I get that there's criminal masterminds out there that feel like they need untraceability, but there's a lot more people that just feel like the good old briefcase full of ducats gets it done for them, right? Um, I did see a couple of things that pointed to it's still really heavily, like when you look at the two, are people laundering money through fiat currency or cryptocurrency? It's still very heavily in, crypt- in fiat currency, but I'm not seeing reliable statistics as to what that looks like. I've heard 800 to 1 ratio, but it didn't have anything to back it up. I've heard you know, the Treasury Department has released a report that says this, and I can't find that from the Treasury Department. So I do know that the Treasury Department has a uh, – this fun fact. Uh, Treasury Department has a national, like, illicit terrorist funding research um, that they do, and the last one was done in 2015. And uh, they also have a national money laundering uh, and the last one that was done. What does that mean? Research like they're pulling, like they're going on those networks and pulling data, or they're surveying people, or no? I mean, there's there there's a publication, so there's a report, uh huh, right? That uh, where are they pulling the report data from? Uh, I don't. I I have the report. I can crack it open, but I haven't. I haven't seen it. Where they're pulling that data from. Uh, but I mean, it undoubtedly has a uh, works cited page. In the well, I mean, you said a terrorist one. Is this in? This is general, right? Not in crypto. Uh, this is no. This is from the Treasury. So the Department of the Treasury here. National Monday. The report is called a National Money Laundering Risk Assessment for 2015. And that is the last one that they. And that, that's in general has nothing necessarily. It's not specific. Not to crypto. No. no okay, that's where not. I was getting confused. But it would likely. So let me. So in the terrorists. future, it could. Well, and that's that's where I would expect such a thing to pop up. Gotcha. Right. So I have the National Money Laundering Risk Assessment, and it is uh, under pages. We're not going through all these bad boys, but I feel uh, like that would require there to be regulation and or how do I put it like some sort of data like usually for example when the internet became a thing right and then it became more of a thing and then it was really popular and the criminals determined how to get all the financial crimes or you know uh, child exploitation or all these different things on the internet we were way far behind on the criminal side to prosecute and the laws and all that type of stuff trying to right. catch up. So I feel like that could be a while, right? <laughs> like you actually need to have that in place, which is kind of the anti model of cryptocurrency in some ways for them to actually be able to report on it. For who to report on it? Like the Treasury Department, for example. Right. You would well, need to because... have the data, but you don't have the data if you don't have the structure around to know what's happening and the whole, which is anti cryptocurrencies model to have any kind of like regulation in some cases that's centralized. So, how centralized, would you have, right. so how would that, how would the Treasury have all this data unless it's, after the fact through taxes and the IRS 
on what how much people are doing capital gains and stuff like that. I don't see how a proactive approach on that. I know we're going off topic, but it just popped in my head. Um, and like so, the the quick answer is I don't know. Um, and I could see so just because it's not centralized, like say through a government, it is decentralized, which means the community has that ability, right? So if somebody can look at the ledgers, right? Like in the community, different validators, right? It only takes one of them to be like, hey, yeah, federal agent come in here while I check my my things and validate, right? I thought I saw a problem here, you know. I do know that with cryptocurrency, so a lot of people are like, well, it's, it's anonymous, right? Like in this, that, the other thing. It is what's called, and I've seen the term used online a lot, pseudonymous. It is not anonymous, right? There's not like nobody can see me moving throughout the shadows. As crypto becomes increasingly accepted in places like Walmart, let's let's use Walmart online, right? If I use Bitcoin on Walmart online, my wallet that it comes from is anonymous, right? But if I buy something online from Walmart, where am I going to tell Walmart to send it? Yeah, it's right. It becomes less anonymous. The wallet right? itself, maybe. as you as you use that, right? Well, but now because anyone could technically use that wallet, like if somebody has the code and stuff like that. Or you could send it to like you could buy a gift and send it someplace and then that person is technically attached to it, but that's not the person who actually so it is still still kind of This is true, but I would believe law enforcement would call those leads. Yeah, no, I'm not arguing that part. I'm just saying like the wallet itself could technically you know, it's what you do with it. Right. And and it it depends. So, but that was always talking to uh, a, an, an expert in the Ethereum space. He was telling me that was kind of generally speaking, the design, right? Like as this, as the coins are accepted mainstream, you're in order to use your coins, you know, so if you want to. So if you want to listen, if you want to be off the grid in cryptocurrency, right. So, Don't use it to buy anything. I mean, <laughs> it's possible, right? Like, and 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 even then, there's still things that you could sh- you could see. I I don't know, but it's it's not 100% anonymous like they thought. And you know, if if you're if you have money laundering is called money money laundering for a reason, right? You take illicit stuff and you make it less illicit. So, sh- okay, sure. Maybe people are just like, I'll use crypto and then yay, uh, mission accomplished. Or, you know, a lot of people do that with cash already, right? And then you launder it through something, you move it through a business, you go through a business that accepts, um, right. But again, this stuff is in cyberspace. So unless you're just going to buy all the Ferraris and Lamborghinis and I don't know what drug cartels and other illicit you know, businesses use their money for, but unless you're going to just buy all that stuff online, they start using Bitcoin or Ethereum or some other token, then you're going to need to change it to a fiat currency at some point. I get it. Right. You can't floss with, by like what, holding up my laptop. Look at all the coin. You see that number right there. It's so big. Look how much Bitcoin. 
that's that's hard to do. Yeah. I mean, I heard. I don't know. I don't do it, so I don't know. But um, yeah, it's it's difficult. So, uh, and you you, but some things uh, I think that we'll get to a point where you know regulations and and a lot of that. If we're talking about online, sure, we're talking about money and money changing hands and all that good stuff and i'm looking at you internet right like why don't we just make some regulations for the internet okay so kind of led me into our next topic do you have anything else about crypto uh i mean i i do uh so the last thing i would say about the uh, pseudonymous stuff is i was talking about walmart but then there's also those exchanges that you're talking about in the u.s like FTX, US, um, Coinbase, you know, which is how you can buy and sell, which is how you can buy and sell cryptocurrencies in the US is Mm -hmm. using those um, crypto.com, Coinbase, all that sort of you get them on an exchange, right? There are such things as DeFi exchanges as well. um, And I can't really talk uh, intelligently about them at this time. I've never used one. So, um, but decentralized financing, right? Decentralized financing, DeFi. but there's a regulation called Know Your Client, KYC. So if you use a crypto.com or an FTX or a Coinbase, then they get your name and your p- picture and your social security number. And because that's what they have to do in order to use those, like be able to operate in the US. It's a US regulation, Know Your cu- Client. So yeah, I mean, now they can see. Which again, they probably have to report to the IRS right. in the U.S. because right. that's the regulation. So, okay, cool. Anyway, that's all. That's really it about cryptocurrency. So there's a lot, lot to be done for sure. Um, and if you're getting into it, just read. It's not going to hurt. Just read. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know all the words, just get a dictionary. So many people, so many uh, services will tell you what these words mean because they understand that it's a jargon. So just read cool so i was excited when you brought up the internet because this is another topic we're going to be talking about um which is web three and if anyone just heard that and went what is that yeah you're in my uh you're in my space um not literally my space that's not no longer here anymore but you're in in my you're in my realm when he brought up web three ben ben was like yeah, then there's Web3. I'm like, there's a Weta? Like, so it's basically a new upcoming version of the internet. And um, we're going to talk about that and how cryptocurrency, that was my very layman's term definition of what we're talking about. I'm sure Ben will have an opinion but uh, or a different definition. But we're going to be talking about that next because that kind of also incorporates cryptocurrency as the future. Ben, anything else you want to tease? Did I get that a sort of simple definition accurate? Uh, yeah. Uh, just for a mental image, I would say uh, think of the Model T cars, right? Versus the horse and buggy. Um, you don't have to have a car. And how many horse and buggies do you see on the road these days? Yeah. Okay. So stay tuned for that episode coming next. Uh, ben, thank you for your unexpert but somewhat knowledgeable rundown but super unexpert right i just want to that's why like 
listeners, I wasn't degrading him. He literally degraded <laughs> himself when he, I said expert and he said no. Um, so the somewhat knowledgeable, much more knowledgeable than me, uh, <laughs> awareness and uh, information this episode. I think I finally sort of have a better ideas to crypto, even from like our past conversations. So thank you, Ben, for educating me and our listeners who maybe also didn't have an idea, only had heard the terms or kind of got the concept. Right. So, right. Um, but thanks for the conversation, Ben. Thanks for uh, uh, talking about this and bringing this topic up as a topic to talk about. Yeah, my pleasure. Hopefully it gives uh, everybody a little more access to it. Awesome. And we will see you guys next time on Art of Discussing. All right. Take care. Have a good one, guys. Hey, listeners. We have an update to the cryptocurrency conversation. At the time of this recording, cryptocurrency has returned to the headlines. Has FTX, a major public crypto exchange, has just declared bankruptcy, and the founder has remained outside the custody of U.S. authorities. Continue listening for our quick follow-up conversation about these recent events. Since we last recorded, listeners, there's been some major updates in the cryptocurrency space. You have probably heard in the headlines about the cryptocurrency major exchange, public exchange, FTX company going for bankruptcy now, along with one of their other companies that um, was owned by that same founder. And we thought it would be great to discuss a little bit further and bring that in to our cryptocurrency previous conversation on these updates. So Ben and I have done a little bit of research. We've listened to some of the news that's happened recently, including the founder has uh, just spoken to the press a couple of days ago for the first time, Sam Bankman-Fried, also known as SBF, has resigned from the position that he had early November. They declared bankruptcy November 11th. We're going to have a couple of sources and articles available in the show notes as well that we utilized. And uh, he just basically went on national television, even like GMA, Good Morning America, and said, oops, I didn't commit fraud on purpose and a lot of other things so ben i think um this is a great time to talk about cryptocurrency and what it looks like potentially moving forward and what you see the fallout being um along with you know both of us what we what we see the fallout being from this what do you want to add to what i just said there's a lot more i just broad stroked it um of course, there's a lot to unpack here. Uh, so major main points, right? Like, uh, again, cryptocurrency as an industry is making uh, global headlines and taking a hit for, you know, the public from the public trust. And that's really, I, in my humble opinion, that's like the most, that's the main takeaway, right? Like, um, we talked about a lot of pros and cons um, to cryptocurrency in our episode, and a lot of that 
really, really, really stems from like the benefit, a lot of the benefits of cryptocurrency. Um, and if you think about it, a lot of the benefits of any currency, whether it's digital, whether it's fiat, stems from the public's trust in that currency. Uh, the U.S. dollar is only continues to be as strong as it is because of the global confidence that people have in the U.S. dollar. Uh, for whatever reason that they have that confidence or the trust in it, that's where it comes from. So, uh, wow, I guess that's that's really the the main point, and for my opinion, the main takeaway from these these occurrings um crypto since we last spoke to our listeners um has really kind of just been taking a major hit you know just like the economy uh we spoke about the economy as a whole being a huge macro driver for the cryptocurrency industry and um as it was still on a you know inflation was still a huge uh, concern at the time you know, uh, unemployment was still a huge concern, uh, rising rates, all these things. Uh, the con there was a lot of concerns around the economy. And because of that, um, the crypto market hasn't really rebounded. So it continues to kind of still have been in this hit. This, um, these headlines currently can't help it, right? So now it, it was already having to deal with public speculation, you know, not really having, you know, dealing with trust on that, on that side of things already, you know, just naturally, uh, given the state of the economy. And now there's trust issues with FTX and what happened there. Um, largely, I'll go, I'll go ahead and say this last uh, point before my closing of my, you know, starting, you know, opening comments is uh, FTX, really, when they came on the scene of this crypto thing, they were really billed as one of the good guys. They were really billed as, um, hey, you know, sure, an exchange uh, primarily should be making its money from uh, transaction fees, right? As you transact or, you know, convert money or, you know, move it around, uh, a small amount of that on an exchange is you know, kept for, for for the exchange. FTX was really one of the first exchanges where those costs were very, very, very low, very low. Um, that was one of their drive uh, draws, and um, they they yeah. I mean, say what you there's, and we'll get into it a little bit more. But um, they they really this is not really a case of um oops i did it again you know uh kind of you know sorry i don't know i haven't you know kind of i know that that's what sbf sam bank freed the ceos kind of painting this as initially but this is for the for the every man right that was out there uh trying to get into crypto um, starting to invest in crypto, this was, I, I actually, you know, I had assets on FTX as well. Uh, and FTX US has a little bit less impact, supposedly, than FTX International. Uh, supposedly, I say supposedly. And uh, 
Now, I like I would say, like if anybody, again, I'm not an economic advisor in the least, right? Like I, I always say to our listeners, I'm I'm with you. If you are just trying out there and getting into the crypto, that's me, right? Like I'm just learning about this stuff, just trying to get into it. That hundred dollars that I say may have had on FTX is just gone, right? Like I'm not getting that back. Um, um, but it's it's possibly just as gone as if you know, crypto just exploded and went the way of the dinosaur anyway. So first and foremost, I would say put nothing into crypto that you could not bear to see evaporate because as as with this case, sometimes it evaporates. And I and that that should never it should never get to that. But this is at the end of the day, um whether it's investing or gambling or whatever your viewpoint on this, this kind of stuff is it, it, it's feast or famine, right? Like it, it, sometimes it rains, it pours uh, and sometimes it don't rain for a very long time. So, uh, so there's, there's that, uh, but let's, let's talk a little bit more about, you know, kind of the, the, what happened, uh, what went wrong, if anything went wrong, um, and I think there's ample opportunity just with SBF's uh, recent interview, <laughs> right? Like in, in the questions that they're asking him to really kind of in, in the purview of, you know, our podcast, the art of discussing, um, I mean, the opportunity, they don't have the luxury. I mean, I'm sure they have minimal amount of time to be like asking questions and stuff. But uh, for me, like I, I had so many, I had so many questions. I, I would have kept in there for like a day and a half. I, I, I would have had all these questions, right? Like, um, he said a lot of things, and I, I would have continued to go down those rabbit holes. They didn't answer. I felt that he said a lot of words, and didn't answer a lot of questions. So, um. Yeah, that's mainly uh, what, what what I have on that. Okay. So one of the articles we're going to put in is a timeline of kind of outlining. It's the Nerd Wallet article uh, of the events. And, but I wanted to highlight a couple. One of the things that you said inside of the trust factor and how they were touted when they started, they started, what, in 2000, I want to say nine? Maybe not nine. Was it nine? Um. I don't think as an exchange, but maybe as a as a the start of it, the company. Mm. Well, they started a while ago. Let's put it that way. And uh, what, when you were talking about how they were touted and when they came on the scene, it was like they were the good guys. They had your back. They knew what they were doing. Um, they were reliable, etc. From what I've read and and you confirmed that as well. So a lot of people, to your point, put like their life savings into this. And that's the part that bothers me just in the sense that they're never going to get it back. But that's the case when it comes to any of these type of situations, whether it's Bernie Madoff or, you know, Elizabeth uh, Holmes or any of these companies, right? Um, but just talking a little bit about what's happened recently. So, oh, I was completely wrong, by the way. So it wasn't 2009, it was 2019. 
So FTX was a cryptocurrency exchange founded in 2019 who served as CEO until the 11th of November of 2022. Um, and it's the fourth largest exchange by volume as of November 9th. Clearly that's probably changed now, but um, up until that point. Uh, and then one of the things I thought was really interesting is part of the timeline, they go through the November 11th. So uh, FTX, FTX US and Alameda, which is the other company that he founded and or owned. And he, that was the company that allegedly he moved funds from FTX into to keep it solvent upfloat. All three of those were chapter 11 bankruptcy filings on November 11th. That same day, and this is the part I don't think people are talking about that I thought was very interesting and I have questions about. Um, there was an apparent hack on FTX and FTX US wallets. They were emptied and more than $600 million were drained from those wallets, according to Coindesk, which is another article that we have in our, we'll have in our show notes. So that the, right there, I just have questions about. But I feel like who hacked, right? Like, I don't want to go into conspiracy theories, but I just wonder, you know, like all of a sudden it was vulnerable to hacking? Um, no. If you read, uh, so on the, on the nerd wallet timeline uh, that Kate's talking about, uh, it says that the FTX, FTX apps are malware, which means oh. that so that that they were they are malware. That's that's a strong statement. That's right? that's not that's not like the apps are infected with malware. That means that if the app is on your phone. The app is on my phone right now. I should um, get it off my phone immediately. But if the uh, um, app is on your phone, then your phone is infected with malware. Would you, you like to? I'm saying? Would you like to pause so that you can take that off your phone right now? So you're not. It's not in your space. No, no. I'm going. I'm going to go. I'm fine. I, I, <laughs> I have. I have anti. You know, antivirus. So what they're saying is like the chat is open. You know, they can. So if if that that app has a chat option then they can yep. go they through. can manipulate that right that's okay. a back door right they can get in there um don't go on to the ftx site as it might download trojans means that's that's different a trojan is versus actually being malware right but like that's like the site is what's getting like if you go on the site and click on things that's what will might get you trojans so that is um that's that's pretty uh, i would i would have to say and i don't know this for certain but on some level that's got that's illegal in and of itself right um but do you think that that is because it was designed that way or do you think it somehow a hacker or hackers or a group of hackers or something like actually hacked it and and infected it to infect others. Right. 
Um, so that's that's what I'm saying on, and maybe maybe for the site I'm talking about. So not so, so for what the we're app. talking about. So so I know that we're talking about the very semantics of of like what's this on on Nord Wallet on the timeline, right? But here's a question I pose to you: Why would you have an app that is not infected with malware, mind you? It is malware. Why would you have an app? that is malware and a tr and a website that possibly like distributes trojans that's not that is not a condition that happens accidentally like i'm not saying i am not saying that they did something deliberately or not deliberately but the difference between for instance and let's just talk about actual viruses right there's a huge difference between being infected with chickenpox and being chickenpox, right? So there's one where it's like, ah, it's infected, and he can infect other people. And then it's like, oh, you are chickenpox. You don't do anything but infect other people. That's your thing, right? You don't have another purpose. So, yeah. I mean, draw. That's what I would say is how this is written on on Nerd Wallet. So as written, I would I would have to say it's it says FTX has been hacked, or it's it's on its support channel. FT, FTX apps are malware. Delete them. Chat is open. So they're saying they're saying that they are um they're saying that they're hacked and that's the case. Like don't don't touch us. We're sick. Um and could could they have been hacked? True. Here's the thing I would say to that is if someone would hack the fourth largest uh, public exchange, right, for cryptocurrency, there are some natural questions there. Mm -hmm. Why has no one hacked the third or the second or the first? If it's going to be successful on the fourth, maybe you do them all at once, right, Mr. External Sources? Maybe it was a practice round. I don't know. I'm trying to give benefit of the doubt in this conversation. I'll t okay, so I'll, I'll, I'll get you. Maybe it's a practice round. Great. So you practiced on the fourth largest. Congratulations. But now the big ones, one, two, and th three, two, and one, all know about it. And your practice round, it's not going to make it to the final round because yeah. now they're going to go change all their stuff, right? Yeah. Like if there's not laws, now there's going to be laws and all the people are all going to check all their code. So you're, it doesn't make sense as a practice round for, for threat. Like if you're going to do this, you got to take it. If you're going to be surprised, you got to get surprised. So yeah. sure, they got 600 million, but in a hack, if, if this was hackers, nobody knew you were there and you're inside right you're seeing all this stuff you're seeing you know if, if they were in trouble already the company's in trouble the hackers can see that right they're already inside so they can just take this money sure but if they're already inside and they're taking this chump change why not also take chump change from somebody else right yeah or or if you've done something wrong this is also a great way to 
not have any record of it. So, um, <laughs> right? Like, oh, what happened? There's no, there's nothing left. Oh, the hackers must have deleted it all. It's crazy. Ah, right. Oh, so, um, so I mean, there's a lot there, and and whereas before, because like we'll get to the interview in a moment, right? But you have Sam Bankman-Fried saying, I, I didn't know, or I should have known, and I didn't know, or I didn't knowingly do all this stuff, and I didn't, okay. Um, like you and I talked before, sure. He, let's, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. He didn't know, and he's in, at this point, let's just call him incompetent and not malicious, right? My question then would be, at what level does benign incompetence yeah. become malicious, right? Like in and of itself, right? Like just like even though the feelings aren't there, at what level, right? Like if Ben is bad with money and I spend all my money, now I'm broke and I got all this debt in my credit cards. Don't worry, listeners, that's not the case. But I mean, I'm not the best with it, but that's not the case. Anyways, <laughs> um, but Ben's the only one going to jail, right? So he's just incompetent, right? Yeah, I'm not malicious. I'm just, I, I wasn't frauding. I, I I just, I don't know. I thought I had more, I have more checks in the checkbook, right? Like there's, I can't be out of money. I still got these, right? Yeah, right, injuries. right? Mm -hmm. So, um, but there's a, well, you're saying there's a level of responsibility that's higher in this, well, even, even if it's not malicious. And it's incompetence. There's still the, a level. It begs the question. Yeah. How high that, do you go how, up? Yeah. What's that level of responsibility that turns it into malicious, whether or not that was your intent? Right. Where where you have to look at whether it's malicious or incompetence, it makes you a bad actor. Mm -hmm. Right. Regardless of the intent. Um, is it 10 people? Right. Like if 10 people give me their money and I lose it, is it 100? Is it 1,000? Is it 10,000? Is it 10 million? What is what benchmark? Reasonably, I believe whatever benchmark you come up with, right, whatever number of money level or number of people level that you come up with, arguably, we have surpassed that in this instance, right? Like I don't even know that what we're talking about, but the reasonable person, I would say, um, would come up with that. And so whether or not it's, it is irrelevant, if this is just your incompetence and you're still like, you know, a humble, good guy, I get that. And there's still a count to jail, bro. Yeah. 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 You sh like at, the, at your level up there, you didn't get to be stupid, right? You didn't get yeah. to be incompetent. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think we're even there, but I'm going to walk it back a little bit because I, you know, I want to be clear in that I don't think that's like Ben does not think that's the case. I think something different. I think, I think my, it's my opinion that eh, you got to know something, right? Like this, there's some degree of, I, I know what's happening and I'm either, I'm not doing anything to stop it or it's happening with my coherent knowledge of plausible deniability. Yeah. Well, and to that point, so uh, in the Coindesk article that'll be in the show notes, show notes, 
Uh, Bankman Freed himself described uh, FTX and Alameda, which again is the received FTX money because he transferred some in, as being wholly separate entities. That's a quote. To reinforce that impression, he stepped down from Alameda in 2019, but apparently they're still deeply tied, according to Corndet. According to Cohen Desk, not only did the executives work out of the same penthouse in the Bahamas, but Bakeman Freed and Alameda CEO uh, Caroline Ellison were supposedly romantically linked. So, I, all I imagine is pillow talk. Yeah, I mean. It- because However, if they're romantically occurs, right? linked, like if they're all working out of the same penthouse, if that's a thing and that's true, like that, you could argue that crosses a line. And to his point, when he was interviewed, he says, oh, well, I didn't have um, quality control, risk management. We didn't have that. And I, and my understanding would be, or my interpretation of that would be, you didn't have a department, like you didn't have people overseeing, you didn't, you weren't doing checks and balances, like that would partly be under the conflict of interest if you are, you know, romantically linked to the CEO of another company that you're, you know, like there. I mean, I think I, just, I think there's, I mean, I think there's something there, you know, like you can't, it's highly suspect, right? Which is probably why everyone's talking about it now and have concerns inside of if this information is true. Anybody in the business world would know that there's something there. Like this isn't kosher. Yeah. Yes, I agree with you. And And like what what I would say, what I said before, right? Like, I think my, my, before assertion, given my my assertion before of incompetence, right? Like, I agree. Like you you didn't do enough. You should have known, right? Right. And at this level, bro, you just you just don't get to do that. You don't get to be this stupid. You don't get to not know that. You don't get to. So I get it. I get it. And you're going to jail, right? Like you're going to jail. That's I I understand. You didn't intend to do that, so I guess we can't put that in the charges, right? Like, because you, you, we didn't put cuffs on you, and you were screaming, "Ah, it's my money! You'll never get it back!" Ah, I'm the best! I'm so smart! You're so dumb! Ha ha ha! And so, because of that, we can't, like, we can't t- like see that there's malice and all that. Great, but at the same time, you didn't have no departments. You didn't have no people. You didn't have. You didn't have like. You'd have like nothing. You'd have a different notebook. You're a multi-billion dollar company. You'd have like a different notebook for this stuff. You'd have a different file drawer or different. You didn't even have a different space. You you'd have right, right. Like you can't, you know. What I mean, you couldn't use the pool house. You know, what I mean, you guys both had to be in the same big old mansion place, whatever. Anyway, so um, that's that's another aspect of whatever it comes out i mean and it really comes down to so because we're talking about fraud a lot of the coin desk thing kind of is harping on because we look back to so this has happened it's impacted a lot of people yeah and it looks like i mean because we're talking about you know this is how i think he did wrong this is how i think he did wrong 
Um, and it really comes down to where's the crimes, right? Like what, what other crimes were the crimes? And part of this is driven this discussion by crypto doesn't have any regulations. Yeah. So crypto doesn't have any like regulations in the U S blah, blah, blah. Now say perhaps in Europe, even though it doesn't may not have any specific regulations, crypto like the exchanges and stuff still some of that has got to be still covered under the general data protection uh, regulation, the GDPR, which helps them a little. But we as Americans don't even have anything about that. And what that is is like so if I give somebody my phone number, right, that's data. Right. That's not necessarily crypto. But if you put this data like to sign up for your FTX account, right, your your data, you may not see your money again, but there may be crimes involved with misuse of your data. Right. Like if I use. You know, if they misuse it in a certain way, that's a crime in Europe. It's not a crime here. If you get someone's phone number, then, well, you, you just got their phone number. So there you go. Right. Um. And we don't have any of those regulations to protect specifically for crypto, right? Like you see a lot of that stuff in the news, uh, the securities, um, uh, securities commission is like, there's, there are all these discussions about it now, but there's still nothing in place. So fraud is still fraud. I'm sure they're going to talk about that, but what it's going to come down to what exactly did he do that he should not have done that we can get him on? Is, I think is it's commingling be, funds. Right. And there, okay, so there's one, there's there's commingling funds, right? And 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 that, that thing, I did not knowingly commingle funds, mm -hmm. right? Like um fire fraud, is, things like that. Right. I did not knowingly fraud anybody, you know, this was all in his his interview. And it's just it's just a lot of it, yeah. It's well, let, let's talk about another one is supposedly there was uh, large personal loans to executives from the business, too. Yes. Yeah. And one of the things that we that I brought up that I think a lot of some people are talking about is um, the fact that he used a lot of from what I'm understanding. And I think this is, again, opinion, like most of our conversation is opinion, our research. But, you know, we're not experts in the in any of this as we mentioned earlier in the crypto in, in uh, episode. But he also donated to political parties or political candidates on both sides. Um, and so if somebody is using those, I mean, that's fine if you're it's like your personal funds, but if you're using that as a business, like, and your business is you took people's money to invest it in something, but you're using that investment in something else. Like for me, I think another thing, whether or not you agree with the Democrats or the Republicans or wanna see one have the money or not, if you're investing your money into that and you don't agree with where it's going, like you never agreed to have it go to a political party, one or the other, or both, that's a problem, right? Um, and I mean, if you want to do that on personally, great if, but the, that's another side to this is the donations that he has made and the ripple effect of that as well. Um, and then there's questions, do they return the money? Do they not? Like, 
all that stuff, right? But as a, somebody who's an investor, that is another, not necessarily illegal thing potentially could be, but I would be really annoyed. Like if, if it went to something I didn't agree to and I thought I bought coins and tokens, but I really didn't. I, you know, I, it went towards a donation for an election or primary or whatever, right? Either side. So that's another part of this too that I, I don't think we have the answer on, but I think it's, I think there's a lot inside of all of this. Um, apparently they also secretively purchased a US bank that was on the coin right. desk. I saw that. I did I see that. And like... that's, there's some wrongdoing. So I guess the, the coin desk article really asserts. And it's an opinion piece. That, Let's, right. It is, know. it is an opinion piece. Um, and the, the name of the article is uh, like, let me see what the name of the article is. FTX's collapse was a crime, not an accident. So it kind of walks through this, you know, bit by bit and asserts that the mainstream like in reporting in media is getting it wrong because it it's made to sound like whoops mismanagement of funds and now they're gone and they're bankrupt it's sad and the author of this article is really saying ah mismanagement of funds yes but technically speaking investment is a mismanagement of funds technically speaking like purchasing a bank illegally is a mismanagement of funds. Technically speaking, commingling, which is also illegal, is a mismanagement of funds. Technically speaking, um, all this is like, yes. So, yes, a mismanagement of funds, but an illegal mismanagement of funds is what we want to get, is, is what the article is like really is trying to hammer home, right? Like these, these major loans, like basically you siphon off this money and it, it really so there's there's several things that kind of bring it to light right the state of the crypto market being on this downside if crypto market was on an upside right then it would kind of mask a lot of this stuff because it would they'd still be increasing assets people would still be you know in, you know investing and giving them money um Kind of like Celsius, when it went bankrupt earlier in the summer, it didn't necessarily, it, crypto hadn't turned to the place that it's at now. So like the impact, I don't think was quite as like, it didn't get national news as much as it did here, because it wasn't quite in that downturn like it is now, and True. just got hammered again with this. And let's talk about that. So Celsius, uh, also in trouble earlier this year that we mentioned uh, before was a a crypto lending platform, mm -hmm. right? FTX, while not a crypto lending platform, but an exchange, is also kind of being accused of partaking in lending, right? Like yeah. in some manner. Um, it's some of the 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 reasons why it was kind of feeling those stresses is because much like a bank um they were you know the assets that they had they were uh lending out mm -hmm. uh, after um the article asserts that they they said they state explicitly that they say in their terms and conditions that they won't do that which fbf says 
uh, it says that at that part, and it says other things in other parts. So, um, of the terms and conditions, but basically, whereas Celsius was a lender, and they got in trouble, and that's what happened. FTX was not a lender, and they were lending, but that's not regulated because this is a crypto industry. You know what I mean? Because it's not yeah. it's crypto, yeah. right? So. Um, so they were doing things that they, if they were a regulated entity, they couldn't have really done it. That would definitely have been illegal, but yet, and still that's kind of what started getting them into hot water X, you know, so, and then there's more and there's more and there's more, but yeah, so that's where we're at. Um, going forward, unless there's more uh, that you wanted to touch on. Well, I really just want to leave our listeners with, so this, this is another example of, right like a, a a major company that um is gets very wealthy off of the little guy if you will right your normal people putting in their information their wealth their whatever to try and you know better themselves and it's i guess i would say for my part the concept of crypto is is not bad for me, I'm saying, and I understand 100% that the public trust is, I, I mean, even for me, right? Like, it's like, ah, it's going to take a lot for me to believe now, right? Like, but yet still something we, we need, we need regulation. We need something. We need somebody to say something because there's always going to be people ready to swoop down in there and take it. Like take everybody's. I think apparently. it's interesting. It's an interesting balance that you're talking about because crypto itself, what what you're saying basically, crypto itself is not bad, quote unquote, right? Right. But it's what people do with it. It's what people, how it's executed, how it's handled, etc. How they manipulate, etc. Under the framework of crypto, right? So I wonder, or utilizing tokens, cryptocurrency, et cetera. Right. And I, it was interesting to me listening to people talk about this in, in the news because the next conversation obviously is, well, we need regulation, right? But the point from my understanding of cryptocurrency is... Decentralization. Decentralization, but I guess I'm going to take that a different way. If we regulate it so much that it's bulky and hard and you can't navigate well and it's very um, cumbersome. Yeah, cumbersome. Then we're kind of back where we are now with other things. Like you can point to other things that have now been regulated. So I wonder where that balance is. And this is a rhetorical question, but. Like, I think inside of the, it's not just that we need regulations, it's that we need to think through the best ways and how to regulate it to, to really discourage bad actors while encouraging public trust. Yeah, that's a neat trick to be sure. Yeah, I'm not saying it's easy, but right. But yeah, that's being, the trick. That is the trick. Yes. Don't throw a bunch of, you know, spaghetti on the wall and see what sticks, right? Like having more of a strategy around it. Yeah, I would agree. 
And I, and my concern is, and I can't believe I'm kind of saying this, even at like before the conversation, I probably would have said something else um, before our episode and our, our discussion and stuff. But I think what I'm trying to say is I think that um, I think that the regulations need to I'm, I kind of lost what I was trying to say, but I think that I, I guess what I was trying to say is, you know, I, I think that crypto has a future so long as we can ensure that it's in some regard. I mean, everything has risks, but in some regard as safe as possible, you know, to utilize and, um, you, you know, try and grow your wealth within. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If we, if we run full steam as a reaction, I guess is what I'm trying to say, then we're not, we're going to, that never goes well. True. And I won't say never that usually has unattended consequences that are maybe potentially worse than the regulation (laughs) or the original before the regulation has the potential. So, I mean, it, it definitely slows the rate of progress, right? And that's not always, that's not always a detriment, right? Like sometimes it helps things grow and change. Sometimes, you know, it helps with safety measures. We, we could see we're slow enough to see what's needed and where and how much we need and how much we don't need. Right. So I, I think that crypto, there's still an opportunity for it. Um, I, I think it will take a, I think crypto's case for her being decentralized is uh, taking a big hit with, with this. Um, and really just, I would I would caution our our listeners. It, it's about due diligence, right? And there's no, there is not a magic button out there. Um, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Uh, and and I say that to include the lottery. To include the what? The lottery. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now if, you'll, now, if you'll excuse me, I gotta go buy my. Powerball tickets before they, the gas station closes. <laughs> so. Oh my gosh. I, yeah. I think it comes down to even for lottery, right? Like if you have, if you're willing to have the potential of throwing away that money and never seeing right. return, then, go right. for it. but if, if you, you're, if you can, if you can sustain that great, if not, maybe don't. Yeah. Maybe don't throw your last dollar at it. Mm-hmm. So. All right. Well, Well, thank you for joining us for this uh, update, uh, listeners. Till then, uh, till we something else comes up and we can add on to this. Hopefully, we'll be able to say that uh, Sam Bankman-Fried has left the Bahamas and flown over the FBI to go go talk to them in person. But I think it'll be interesting because it is technically a Bahama-based company. So it'll be interesting. That'll also throw, not to throw a wrench in right there, but that'll be hmm. interesting too, to, to see what, what level the U.S. has inside of holding him to account hmm. okay. criminally. Thanks, listeners. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. Follow us on social media and check out our Patreon page. Leave us a review on your listening platform if you like the podcast. If you haven't heard your viewpoint or would like to be a guest, 
email us at info at artofdiscussing.com. Till next time, remember there's more sides to the story than yours. Look, listen, and learn, and keep, keep discussing. discussing.